This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now. So I'll play it for you. It's a... called My Old Man. Zell Mohammadi will be desperate to make amends after that bizarre end goal. And Grealish, another excellent Villa goal. Surely that's the one that settles it with only two minutes left. How about that on the volley from Grealish? Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael from MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me, having just accessed Steve Bruce's iCloud, it's uh, Dan (laughs) Rogers from TheVillaUnderground.com. How are you? Fantastic. We are on the on the cliff edge of seven straight wins. Now, in the life of this podcast, did you ever imagine <laughs> that we would be at this point? This is this isn't what we're what we're here for. We're convened for the purposes of going how terrible things are. I know it's alien territory uh, com- com- completely. We've fallen into a parallel universe of Aston Villa supporting. I just wish. I mean, I, I've only one complaint. I just wish it was a bit warmer for these games that we're winning now, because it was a bit bit chilly against the Burton. But it's uh, winter is coming. Winter is coming, <laughs> uh, as you'll find out if uh, you carry on listening. Well, we, let's link straight to it. How how was your trip to Belfast that you hinted at uh, last episode? It was really productive, uh, business and pleasure, but the key, the key thing, spoiler <laughs> alert for Game of Thrones fans, I was there the night that Winterfell burned down. I don't think you gave them enough spoiler alert to time to switch off this podcast. Well, you can you can interject some bonging <laughs> noise or something, or like, turn off your listening. So what, so what were you doing, flying a helicopter over the set or something? Of course, well, I was like everyone else, that, that there was a, a big uh, fire. Did you get your drone out? Got my drone out. <laughs> I was like everyone else peering and going, but um, prime prime suspect number one is is uh, Tormund Giants Bane, who happened to be looking rather relaxed in reception at the hotel I was staying in the next morning. So if uh, you were in the uh, Fitzwilliam in Belfast, you'll know too that uh, there's someone who 
apparently died at the end of season 7 who happened to be practicing lines after the you know the main set burnt down the night before just saying so what you're, what you're trying to say is like a method actor who was he's still in character playing it cool and acting all innocent like a ginger john carew isn't he so and well i'm thinking if if there's if winterfell burns down and i think potentially a dragon has burnt it out is it was it burning with blue light or was it uh, normal flamage it was normal flamage, but you know you don't you, you don't know what after effects might be applied. It was definitely burnt to the ground. Mm. Yeah, a bit of CGI to change the colour. So that's one of the first stops after the wall, isn't it? As you uh, as you fly down on your little ice dragon. Well, Tormund as well um, is at the end of, at the end yeah. of season seven. He's at Eastwatch when the uh, when the dragon comes through. So he's presumed ah, yes. crushed underneath the blue fire and. Lo and behold, he's apparently in season eight. Hmm, whose well, side you know, is he on? <laughs> I don't. He's not. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't think it's implied that he's he's out of action. Well, he's at he's he's there when the, he's there when the the shit goes down, but you don't see him like die. You don't. So I don't think it, there's no big like he's dead cliffhanger. So I don't know. He's like a coming back from the dead type chap. Listen, I'm just saying, you know, he was drinking a peppermint tea, looking rather nonchalant after a massive arson had taken place at Winterfell. You just, you know, you you can you can stay stay on on Giant's Bane side, whatever. It doesn't bother me. So we're we're putting that out there to all those people who uh, have Game of Thrones YouTube channels and uh, podcasts to just pillage from our podcast, so we can get back onto uh, talking about uh, Aston Villa. Yes, actually, speaking of the Viking connection, the Norwegians. Uh, mm. Before the Burton game, I went. There was a couple of uh, Aston Villa supporters who came over from Norway. It was one of them, Chris's uh, birthday, and he actually brought. Well, he actually brought twelve friends with him, and what he wanted to do on his birthday was go to Villa Park. So only one of them was an actual Villa supporter, and the other ten were just there for the for the jolly, for the crack. So I met them at eleven o'clock. I think they'd set off at seven in the morning from Norway, and they they flew uh, via Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And I think they'd be pretty much been drinking uh, <laughs> since. Uh, I think the the other Villa fan was uh, he's called Rickard. Uh, when he when he picked when Chris picked up Rickard, the first thing he did was hand him a, a drink, a beer. So uh, they were off before their 8 uh, a.m. flight. Anyway, I met them at 11 because he was giving me a, uh, a signed shirt that he'd won through Norway's Unibet. I think they had a competition like most dedicated Norwegian fan or something. And the fact that he'd call his dogs Aston and Villa <laughs> won, won him the, uh, the <laughs> satisfied the criteria and won him the signed shirt. So he wanted to donate that shirt uh, to a homeless uh, charity in Birmingham. Uh, we went. He went for Operation Drawstring. So uh, watch out for that because that will be auctioned off to raise money for their next uh, Easter activity. But no. So we, anyway, we're chatting. We're drinking till like three three o'clock in the morning. Anyway, the funny story is uh, Rickard. We were talking. You know, it was going to be Rickard's first ever game at Villa Park, and uh, you know they were talking about the goosebumps of uh, walking up to the ground and seeing like the whole ten face. You know, the Aston Villa, the Victorian uh, architecture, and then you know walking in to the stadium for the first time and when you get to see the pitch and all the goosebumps blah 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 anyway <laughs> the next day chris sends me a video <laughs> of of <laughs> ricard being ex- ex- escorted out by stewards <laughs> for, for for taking a beer to his seat <laughs> <laughs> oh in a democracy that's not allowed uh, after- 
I think after the six, <laughs> 60 minute mark. So uh, so there's your first, you fly in from another country, mm. which is miles away, to, to experience your first villa experience. And you end up getting carted out by the stewards just because you took a, a beer to your seat. <sighs> and, you know, how these things happen, you're, uh, you're queuing yeah. for like 10 minutes, you finally get there, and the game's about to kick off in a minute, and you've got a full beer to drink. So sometimes you're like, do you want to waste that fiver that you just spent? Oh, that so just makes me recoil. But also, you're from another country country and you don't realize that we that this grand britannia has such puritanical oppressive regimes that you can't even have a beer at your seat that's bullshit i apologize on on behalf yeah on behalf of our nation and our football club apologies right coming up in the show after the three points which uh basically talks about winning runs and also uh, a certain sex tape we uh, go into the Burton game. Maybe we can explain in detail the 30 minutes that uh, Ricard missed, the last 30 minutes, but which was kind of an unconvincing game and a game that Villa maybe should have killed off. Mm. Uh, we'll, also, we'll, we'll also have an update on the, the Hogan touch count and discuss more about Jack Grealish's uh, ever-growing contribution to the makeup of this team. In terms of the Blues derby, I think we'll do a little separate show for that one as a, as a preview. Anyway, let's get into this point number one of the three points. Six wins for Aston Villa on the trot. This is the first time this has happened since 1990, when, incidentally, Villa got promoted from the second tier under Graham Taylor and uh, back into the big time. It's going to happen again, isn't it, Dan? It's not to be dis- readily dismissed, is it? I, and I was reflecting on this uh, for the last few days, really. That 1990, I think in the last podcast we were saying, well, 1998 is a long time since it was just yeah. five wins under Gregory. This 1990 is even longer ago, and it's, you know, we talk... At, don't don't remind me how old I am, Daniel. Well, it, it was it's at least five years ago, is that, isn't that right? And <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I, I I was I was thinking, well, you know, I'll do what was happening in 1990 as a bit of a tweet, and I looked, and it was like the world was a different place in 1990. And you do forget this is pre-internet, this is pre pre Premier League, which was when football was invented, as we all know. Yeah. Um, and it's remarkable, you know, you, you as I say, readily dismissed. So yeah, six. I mean, to win six games when you when you just look at it in isolations, you'd be surprised that it's like decades since we last did it it's not yeah, that yeah. big a feat if you've got a successful team uh, you expect i mean well that's part of the problem really years ago. <laughs> we haven't we haven't had a real successful team but you manchester cities manchester united if they win six games on the trot it's not that big a deal you start to get a bit it gets a bit more interesting once it gets to eight nine ten yeah but yeah but it tougher games are coming up though but still a potential to extend it I think against the backdrop of the last, when we say five years, but probably it's seven years, isn't it? You know, against the backdrop of of perennial decline over that period where we were, you know, in the in the Premier League years when we were before the relegation. You know, it's like getting up on a Saturday morning hoping that we we didn't lose and we drew. You know, we were just we weren't winning one and two games on the bounce, and and to be on a six win streak now, it does feel like the momentum is is with us finally. Yeah, well, speaking uh, of momentum, uh, point number two, Mm. which is turning into a bit of a two-hander. Well, uh, I'm sure Cardiff would uh, have something else to say to that. Uh, But Derby are now on an 11-game unbeaten run after defeating Brentford at home 3-0. I think they've got two home games to come, I think, Mm -hmm. against Norwich and Leeds, if if Mm. I'm not mistaken. Uh, The last time the Rams went on such a run, Rowett, Gary Rowett, was actually in the team that would go on to get promoted uh, to the Premier League under Jim Smith in 1996. So so one one of those teams is 
Who's got a buckle, or do they just both march to the end and then wolves completely uh, shrivel up and die somehow? <laughs> I mean, I, I watched, I watched, but then again, I, you know, I watched the first few minutes of Wolves against Sheffield United in the in the uh, Aston Social, and mm. their their goal was just ridiculous. Their first one, it was uh, a wonder strike. Yeah, uh, Wolves seem to have a have a swagger and a confidence, don't they, of, of, of league leaders. They haven't had a, any rocky patch as such, but it doesn't look like they're going to have one. And, and to be honest, to, to lose that number of games, they'd have to have some collapse. I think in terms of, you know, where we are here and now, it's, we've, we've got to put our targets on Derby and, yeah, they're on an 11-game unbeaten run. But we've yeah. just got to keep we've just got to keep doing what we're doing and I think the fact that we're on on the six game run that we're on and we're going into a group of you know there's a couple of tricky games on the horizon I mean that's, that's... well the next two mm. Blues, Blues and then uh, Fulham away if we're on a winning streak of eight games then uh, mm. then I'm starting to think that we're doing pretty good yeah I mean, we'll, we'll get into it shortly but I think that go, going into the Blues game we're in, we're in the best shape that we've we've been in for what, to be honest a number of years the Blues yeah. are on, on the ascendancy given their, their recent form I mean essentially they're into promotion form aren't they off the back of the last six and eight if you're looking at the last six games you're talking about the uh the top form team which is Villa against the fourth best in yep. the championship so uh, so hopefully it'll be a good game yeah yeah if nothing else it'll be a good one and a full house at Villa Park too uh mention a Jim Smith there he used to live on the same road as my dad mm. when my dad was a kid and my dad was a bit of a footballer and uh I think uh when he was a later teen, he bumped into Jim Smith, and Jim Smith was asking him what happened to him, as in, what you know, why didn't he make it? Because he said, "I had you down for like making it." But I think my dad got into well, this is what my dad says anyway. That Jim Smith, <laughs> Jim Smith said he was going to make it, but uh, I think my dad got into drinking and uh, shagging and that kind of uh, dis- derailed <laughs> derailed him from his uh, professional football career that Jim Smith would have sponsored. Speaking of which, point three. <laughs> Speaking of which, the Dali Alley sex tape has popped out. <laughs> I think we're the only people who haven't been removed by his lawyers at this stage. Yeah, I mean, you, you, when you when you Google it, there's all these stories on it from you know all the normal suspects, the tabloids. They pop up on Google, but then when you click on them, they've they're all gone. disappeared. Bizarre, isn't it? They've been stripped from the internet. I don't know if they're going to try to make out that it was fake news, even though there's a video out there. There is. Well, there is. That's the whole point, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you want me to say. Do you want me to commentate it? I mean, we're both staring at our plan of the podcast listeners, and we've got a still... If I can describe it. <laughs> well, you put it there. What, what I did, did you put well, it? It's for, for, I didn't really need a picture of him standing there with this smirk on his face. He's very happy. N- He's just beating Spurs. No, they drew. Nel- what, why, why, is he twe- yeah, why is he tweaking his nipple, though? Don't know, but the young lady with him is having an awful fun time, isn't she? Well, we can't see the expression on her face, so uh, we, we can't be too sure. She, she may be chained down there. <laughs> That's true. But it's, I mean, A, who... Well, the big question is who's who else is in the room filming this? I mean, I don't think he's set it up on a tripod, surely. Dwight York, Mark Bosnich. They had a sex Mark tape Bosnich. too. <laughs> of course, Deli Ali. Uh, when Tim Sherwood was in charge, there was talk about Deli Ali coming to Villa, and I think probably he would have been a better fit at Villa because obviously there's a bit of a history of uh, sex tapes at Villa with uh, Dwight York and Mark Bosnick's uh, orgy tape. And then obviously uh, Ashley Young <laughs> used to have this thing about wanking to a webcam. And then Don't the most... And then, the, well, speak for yourself. And then the most infamous one was obviously Stefan Posmeyer. 
mm. with his uh, wife, was it girlfriend, wearing a strap on and uh, giving him a bit of. Uh, no, no, I've seen the tape. I <laughs> know, oh, I'm saying allegedly. So, <laughs> to, to cover myself, you carry on talking. <laughs> there's no alleged about it. It's, uh, Ali's lawyers can come after us, but uh, Posma's lawyers, it's a fair cop. I mean, the, I've, I've listened to a podcast, actually. I think it was Lee Hendry was a guest on some podcast. <laughs> And he was talking about the aftermath and uh, the stick that Pos- Posma got. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that he got literally from his wife in the in the uh, the ass and uh, from from the Villa players. Which uh, I think he I think he took it quite well actually. Uh, or he the stick or the <laughs> no. I'm trying to remember the uh, the banter from the Villa players. Uh, it was quite mm. funny what Hendry was saying. Anyway, but yeah, it's I, I don't know. I don't the whole idea of uh, filming yourself or getting somebody else to film yourself having sex is uh, just a bizarre concept. Anyway. But young footballers, it's... Uh, it's they seem to have a particular niche going, don't they, for it? Yeah, there's definitely a niche going there. They surely must be bored. It's paradise syndrome. Once you have all that money and uh, all this adulation, you get you have everything. So once you get bored of everything, what do you do? Yeah. Tweak your nipple and film yourself getting uh, oral. Anyway, that's what I was doing when I was watching the Burton Villa game. <laughs> <laughs> There's a link. It's good to warm you up on a cold day. <laughs> Very cold. You've got to do something to warm yourself up. Uh, <laughs> it was a strange game because a lot of people, you know, you, you hear people on social media or pretty much saying, oh, yeah, five, six, uh, maybe seven nil. Because people had seen Fulham thump Burton six nil. Mm. But when you looked at Burton's away form, they'd actually had more positive results on their travels than not. I think they'd won four, drawn four, lost six. So eight games they got something from. So it's their home form that's let them down, and that's why they're bottom of the league. So I was expecting a cagier game than this uh, six, seven, eight nil that uh, other Villa mm. fans seem to be uh, prophesizing. But Villa seemed to... Uh, I think Villa showed them far too much respect for what they should have done. They didn't dictate the game. I mean, at the end, uh, Burton ended up with, I think it was 53% possession, so they had more of the game. And it was a lot of times Villa were defending deep, two banks of four two banks of four or more and when Burton had a corner everybody was back there was no out ball which just frustrates me and frustrates me even more when I was watching uh, I think it was last week Liverpool highlights and Liverpool left a player up ball comes out from the corner the guy holds up for a second flicks it off he's got two men bulleting down the wing joining him and basically they score straight from the corner straight from the counter and you're just thinking well Villa can't do that because they haven't got anybody uh, standing at that and we're doing it against Burton I mean it's Burton I, for fuck's sake. I don't think I don't think it's Bruce's way I think it's I well, think I, we, could, I mean, we could be winning 6-0 I think that that would be our approach and to be honest I, th- I think that we've finally turned the corner in terms of you know taking our chances and perhaps changing uh you know <laughs> Like when they got a goal, we you know we went and got another, and I think that we've we've started to lose this losing mentality, if, if you know what I mean. Of, of, oh, the opposition have scored, and we're gonna we're gonna go into ourselves, and oh, it's inevitable they're gonna equalise, and yada yada yada. Yeah, I but think that we we seem to take the initiative more, but I, I do think we've got an inherent cautiousness about us, definitely. Negatron alert! Steve Bruce becoming popular. Six game winning streak. Release Steve Bruce sex tape. Release Steve Bruce sex tape. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This game was a little bit different from, uh, let's say, the Middlesbrough away game, the Sheffield United away game, where you felt pretty comfortable we would keep keep the opposition out. You know, mm. We only won both those games 1-0, and we were obviously only 1-0 up in those games, but you f- felt we felt solid. But this time, we were, didn't feel solid at all, and we were getting a bit too deep for my liking and, and inviting Burton to uh, to have a go. And, you know, two sloppy uh, defensive lapses. I mean, the first mm. one was a bit crazy. I didn't know uh, Elmo scored an own goal until after <laughs> the game when I got back. and I was an own goal, isn't it? <laughs> In the moment, where, you know, at the game, I just thought uh, some forward had just Thrashed Johnson made in. a good save. You just thought, oh, good save, and you like tilt your head back, and then you just see the ball fire into the uh, the roof of the net, and you just thought, oh, you just followed through and scored point blank. And then when I saw the replay, I was like, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I remember Sean Teal doing a similar one. Was it Stone? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, these <laughs> things these things happen. I mean, interestingly, it's quite funny that no no Villa player went up to him to console. No, they just went, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Not just even like, going to console you. <laughs> just, it's like they didn't even look at him. They were just whispering it under their breath. Jesus Christ, did you see that? But I was a bit more disturbed by the, the second goal because <laughs> it's like, who do you blame, Terry or Hutton? Because that guy just chipped the ball. Terry ended up flat-footed in no man's yeah. land and, and Hutton basically, that was his man originally and he just mm. let him go. It's a bit of both, isn't it? I mean, to be fair, my reading is it, it's it perhaps the... You know, bit of lack of pace from Terry and that that you know we haven't bought him for that have we that turn of pace but yeah. also it, it's and Hudson's not the greatest man when it comes to uh positional nah. position and marking that's what lets him down big that time. reminded me actually of a number of goals in our relegation season where it, yeah, yeah it wasn't for Hutton not trying but he'd always be the man where you think what is he doing there and, yeah. and he was very deep wasn't he for that goal and he does, uh, he does kind of switch off once the opposition's actually running off the ball. He ball he does kind of does kind of ball watch and not really mm. anticipate the you know the, where the guy's mm. going to be going to. That's the uh, the minus points, which kind of uh, I mean maybe they took Burton a little bit for granted, so there was yeah. a little. Yeah. I don't. I, 
don't think they'll be that relaxed against Birmingham, put it that way. No. You know, going forward, they, they weren't really getting men forward quickly. I mean, that goal, the first goal that came was actually Villa playing smartly and, you know, mm. Snodgrass played a great ball, a great interchange. Uh, and It was a fantastic team goal. Cut back by Adomar. But that was actually, that's what Villa should be. Once they have players over the halfway line and if they got like groups of two you know three or sorry three or four in midfield then you've got that potential to pass it around, pass it through the dirt you yeah. know the defense rather than just lumping it up or you know hitting an aimless ball down the line you know i've long been an advocate of actually having some some spontaneity to the play and i think that it's what you were saying at the outset really that if you don't have that man up or you don't have that out ball you, you don't give yourself the opportunity to break into space and I think the advantage of, I mean, having players who are in form and who have the technical ability of a player like like Snodgrass, that shows you what this team can achieve, doesn't it? But maybe we've said it many times before that sometimes I think through the the game management that that Bruce employs, I think it can shackle some players. And uh, yeah, we do like let him off, let him off the leash, Bruce. Mm, I mean, you got absolutely Hurahan, Grealish, Snodgrass. I think they, I mean, it's fair to say they can all play a bit and they know Mm. how to pick a pass. Absolutely. And when Onomar came on, uh, him and Grealish, they, they seem to thrive playing together. Mm. I mean, when, once they're within close proximity of each other, you know, there's a lot of little give and goes and mm. they kind of take it to uh, the defence, opposition defence. And it's a bit of a shame when uh, they are kind of curtailed and they're sitting a lot deeper than mm. they should be. It's, it's like when uh, Axel came on and say, mm. obviously, the natural the natural thing there is obviously Elmo goes further up the field, Axel slips in at right back. Mm-hmm. But you know, Elmo spent most of the time just standing on his toes as if we were playing with two right backs and yeah. didn't really give him uh, an out ball. And, no. but, that, but I don't think that's a, the blame is on the player there. It's it's the program, you know, how they've been programmed by uh, Brucey is, is, you know, as you say, it's uh, caution first. Mm-hmm. But which is fair enough. But when you're shipping two goals against Burton, I mean, funny enough, uh, the guy I was sitting next to, uh, my friend's old man, I turned to him when we went two nil up, and I said, I think we'll need three to win this, and the prophecy came true. <laughs> came true again. <laughs> you're the prophet of doom, aren't you? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> it's good. Good that I've got it mapped out, or else we'd have drawn that to all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> At the end of the day, I mean. It's all about getting uh, the three points, as people like to parrot on about. And in that respect, uh, fair enough. I, I mean, I you know I don't mind winning one nil away uh, mm. and, and getting the three points, winning ugly. But when you play in the bottom of the table team, and also remember we played Millwall, who hadn't won an away yeah. game, and we I didn't do even... think. Do you think we've come on a long way since Millwall? But we couldn't beat them. So there's, I'd like to see us put the sword through teams at home a little bit. Mm. You know, a little bit, let's say, swifter and more convincingly. But still, hopefully, the performance levels will lift, lift now as the opposition lifts. And I think the Blues coming to town, it's kind of making it uh, a little bit more interesting. I mean, we'll talk, we'll do a little preview show on the, on the derby, but at least they're not coming as like bottom three whipping boys. Nah. And they'll just, you know, put 10 behind the ball. And, you know, Villa, remember the last game, that was awful. It was like one shot on target. And that was the goal by Gabby. But at least uh, they'll they'll know that they can play a bit now. And they've and their last four, you know, four away games, they've won two, drawn two. And in fact, they've got eight of their, their total of 10 away points in the last four games. So they're obviously uh, on the up and mm. they should, you know, they, I don't think they'll get relegated this season. Going back to the Burton game, uh, we should, as we mentioned last week, we should get a jingle for the uh, the Scott Hogan touch count. I've done your and he, rap and you, you did insert it last week. To your yes, I did. So shut up. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll make you a new rep. <laughs> what were we going to call it? Hogan's Touches? Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll sort something out. But we only started this two weeks ago <laughs> where we actually uh, make special mention of how many times Hogan actually touched the ball. Uh, we started it in the Barnsley game because <laughs> he managed to score two goals and yeah. yet, and well, he almost scored a hat-trick and yet he only touched mm-hmm. the ball 12 times in the whole game. It's remarkable. It is. Against Sheffield United, 13 touches but no goal. Poor. And for the second week running, he's gone up one more touch. He got 14 touches against uh, Burton and obviously managed a goal. Unlucky, could have had two with that header. It's constant improvement from Hogan. It's beautiful. This, I mean, this is what we like to see. We want players mm. at this club that improve every week. And Hogan... That's a strong stat, isn't it? <laughs> Desperate to interpret it in some form, but it's definitely upward. It's surely going up. I mean, OK, he scored two goals when he got his 12 touches. 13 touches. <laughs> it was an improvement. 14 touches. At least he got that goal. But, you know, who cares about the goals? It's all about the touches. It's 13 <laughs> wasted touches, isn't it? That's the thing with Hogan. <laughs> I've got to find the negative somewhere. <laughs> so against the Blues, we're, we're <laughs> setting him the target of 15. So it'll be interesting in the next podcast if uh, Mr. Hogan can reach 15 in Hogan touches. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've got the angle now. We've set him a target every week. So, yeah, we'll set him a target of 15. Over to you, Hogan. We should tweet him, actually. He's on uh, Twitter. I'm just looking forward to making a rather suggestive jingle. (laughs) Hogan touches. Oh, Hogan. So looking ahead, as we said, we're going to do a separate Blues show. Uh, I think if we beat the Blues, most people would expect to beat the Blues, but I don't think it's a uh, a foregone conclusion because they are playing pretty good. And we've kind of, in, in terms of our performance, slipped off a little bit in the last mm. couple of games. But if we can win ugly against the Blues, then that's fair enough because it probably will be ugly. And Although I think Villa mm. have shown enough flourish that if they if they went for it, if it wasn't mm. all about game management and trying to get that, you know, get that 1-0 or yeah. if they went for it they could take the blues you know take the blues apart because the blues still i mean uh hotter hotter's only just got back in the team i mean he scored two against sheffield wednesday but it doesn't seem that uh i think we're let's say the most fully formed of the two teams and we've got enough uh firepower and uh quality it's a kind of a word that alan hansen invented that one yeah. uh <laughs> that we could take them apart if we uh play well and i think we're due a good performance so maybe that's the one uh my main concern though is the the fulham game because Fulham dark horses aren't they here yeah. well they're, they're blitzing it as we mentioned they beat Burton 6-0 at home and uh, well they're quietly going win 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 in the background aren't they yeah and now they're in the uh, back in the playoff spot so mm-hmm. and I think that I think they'll definitely end up there but they're still within striking distance if they beat Villa then uh, I think there's only about two points between us mm. so they'll see that as a big game in terms of Absolutely. their own automatic promotion prospects so we could be too focused on the Blues game uh, by the time we get to the Fulham game but in in terms of the actual playoff picture, you'd hope that Villa would beat the Blues since it's mm. a home game. But the real first, uh, real proper battle will be uh, against Fulham, I think. And then you've got another defining game when we uh, we host Derby as well in, mm. well, let's say, April. So it's far away. But anyway, it's getting interesting. All we can hope for is that Villa keep winning. And if we can get to eight games on the trot, then we are seriously uh, rocking and rolling people. <laughs> we'll not know how to respond to eight straight wins. If no. No, no idea. We'd, we'll have to cancel this podcast and uh, <laughs> re- rethink it, <laughs> rename it the Villa Underground Podcast. F- fuck off! Two, <laughs> two, two bit site. It's a joke to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the dark web appreciates me. You know it to be true. <laughs> if you're listening on uh, Apple Stroke iTunes, please do give us a, a, a star rating and a, and a little review. It helps uh, the show in the uh, iTunes search, or if they promote it or not, or uh, you know, if other people look at it to see that it's you know something that people are actually listening to, which they are. But uh, you might be like me and Dan, where you know we listen to shows and we never interact with the show because mm-hmm. we're because uh, yeah. we are assholes. But uh, <laughs> so we're asking to you to do what so, we do not. <laughs> <laughs> we want we want you to show us the way and uh, be better human beings than uh, we are. So if you could give us a a, a nice star rating and uh, a little, you can say what you want in the comments. It doesn't really matter. But it just it just helps. I think we've got like sixty comments or whatever. So if we can get that up, that would be uh, fantastic. Get it up. Also drop us a tweet at Aston Villa Pod if you want anything uh, discussed in the show and if you really want to support the show uh, please do become a My Old Man Said Patreon go to myomansaid.com and uh, click patron on the top uh, of the menu bar thanks to Craig by the way for uh, signing up the other day much appreciated all the way from Australia uh, I think that's our f- the fourth most listened no the third most less listened territory of this show actually obviously UK first then USA then Australia then it's Ireland then Sweden I think and then Norway is uh, sixth at the moment North Korea's pretty high too that's that's from the last two months anyway right until our blues preview episode it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him goodbye my old man said Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.